0: Uhuru.
1: Uhuru means freedom, and you're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, broadcast live every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Black Power 96.3 WBPU-LP St. Petersburg, Florida. You can also follow us on Podbean at uhurusolidarity.podbean.com. That's Uhuru, U-H-U-R-U, solidarity.podbean.com. My name is Jamie Simpson, and I'm joined every Tuesday by Penny Hess and Jesse Neville to discuss some of the most pressing issues of these times, of a colonial uh, system that is in profound crisis. We sum up events as white people who are in solidarity with the African revolution through the eyes of the African working class and the political theory of African internationalism developed by Chairman Omalia Eschatela, the founder and leader of the Uhuru movement. Under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, we believe that reparations is a question that demands action on the part of European or white people. As always, we'd like to begin by saluting Black Power 96.3 WBPU LP in St. Petersburg and the African People's Education and Defense Fund, the absolutely unmatched nonprofit uh, that guides the work of this station, whose mission is to address the grave disparities faced by the African or Black community in the areas of economic development, human rights, health, health care, and education. So welcome to the show, Uhuru. Uh, Today, we are very honored to be speaking with Uhuru Solidarity Movement organizers from throughout the United States, who led and participated in the coordinated march for reparations to African people on this past Saturday, October 17th, 2020 in six cities throughout the US. So joining us for the first half hour um, will be Claudette Yavram, from Uhuru Solidarity Movement she is the uh, she's the um, coordinator of Uhuru Solidarity Movement in um, San Diego California and we will also be speaking to Mads Ambrose from Portland Oregon and we will we will welcome them onto the show momentarily we we want to be again we're all, also joined as usual by the African People Solidarity Committee chairwoman Penny Hess, and of course our outstanding engineer and co-host, the Uhuru Solidarity Movement Chair Jesse Neville. So, Chairwoman Penny Hess, I would like to begin by speaking with you, Uhuru, and welcome to Reparations in Action.
2: Uhuru, uhuru Jamie, Jesse, uhuru. Claudette, and Nad. So great to be here. Very exciting.
1: It's exciting. It's an exciting time. And it's especially exciting to be talking to you, Chairwoman Penny Hess. Now, you've been a, a part of, an, a, a, you know, the leader, the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee since its founding in 1976. So you've been on the forefront of, of the question of reparations. Can you talk to us about how the march for, for reparations to African people continues the long history of the African People's Solidarity Committee under the African People's Socialist Party's leadership in raising the question of reparations, and how have you seen that issue of reparations rise to the political forefront in this period?
2: Well, I mean, that's a great question. I really appreciate that, Jamie, and of course, the African People's Solid- Solidarity Committee is under the leadership of Chairman Omalia Shetela and the African People's Socialist Party that founded this organization, as you said, in 1976, a long time ago. And the question of reparations was one of the earliest questions, issues, demands that we were called on to take on. And it took you know, some years of struggle from the party for the Solidarity Committee to really understand the depth of what reparations means and what it meant for our work and how if we begin to see the world as is seen by that through the eyes of the African working class and colonized community, which is the political understandings of African internationalism. Then we come to the conclusion that yes, this country, this system, this capitalism is built on the assault on Africa on the just hideous oppression, enslavement, and turning into machines and commodities for sale of the entire African nation and population. And that, that, that on this stolen land of the indigenous people is how we got to be here today. This is, this is the cause of the two Americas and why um, the conditions of African people continue to be um, worsening all the time because there is colonialism inside the borders of the US. And so it took us, it took us a while to get there. But, you know, the African People's Socialist Party held the first tribunal on reparations to African people in 1982. And, um, you know, during that time, around that time, we we were called on by the party to have uh, marked what we called then a walk against genocide. And that was a demand for reparations to African people. So we have pictures, we had amazing, amazing marches back in the eighties with banners of reparations, you know, from white people to the African community. And um, that you know, was very, very powerful walking down Telegraph Avenue from Oakland all the way to Berkeley to you know, having these rallies there. and and so many other kinds of events that we held that raised the question that white people owe reparations to African people. And then of course, over the years, it is our primary demand and slogan that we take into the white community. So to see this weekend, this past weekend, six cities of just dynamic, powerful, powerful marches, with huge banners for reparations to African people from the white community is, it is beautiful to see. And it's it seeing, you know, the leadership, both the leadership of the chairman, the party out there because the party's goal was to make reparations a household word and obviously have done that because back in the day we would be holding the banner and people would be, what is reparations? What is that? And people don't ask that anymore. It's, it is a household word so you know we see also in this period the incredible powerful uprisings led by the African working class in response to George Floyd's murder by the colonial police and that has just you know bust everything wide open around the question of reparations and colonialism and that's politically, the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party. So, wow, I really salute these comrades. This was amazing, amazing to see. And it shows that the world is changing and that, you know, that the leadership of the African working class is rising and predominant.
1: Mm, Chairman, Penny, you're based in St. Louis, Missouri, where the Black Power Blueprint is, Mm -hmm. is on the ground. And, and where you participated in the historic March for Reparations this past Saturday, uh, that also happened in five other cities, as, as you're saying, how do you think the march went there in St. Louis? And, and if you oh can speak to God, what the demands it, were.
2: It was amazing. And I hope people can see the pictures. I was like, wow, is that St. Louis? I mean, anyway, it was like <laughs> we were, you know, it was, it, it was just a really militant Crowd of people. I want to salute Casey. I think she's going to be on, um, perhaps on the show as well. Casey uh, Mackey, who was the organizer here, she did an incredible job. Amy Stimmel and so many others who participated in building this. Libby and and Connor and you know Kitty, just all the great work. We had a militant march, a beautiful banner, white reparations, to Af- white people's reparations to African people. We got constant honking and support. And oh, all right, here's a beautiful picture walking through Tower Grove Park. And um, people came out of their houses along the route and saluted us. And it was was powerful. It was so great to be here because this is a very, very vicious, reactionary, anti-African city. And to see, um, you know, where Mike Brown was was murdered in, in a suburb not too far from the Uhuru House, and you know, to see this kind of, of response from the white community was really really critical. Wow. Really good comments. It was great to be part of.
1: It looks beautiful. Um, I, I I really and that, those those pictures are are amazing. Ch- Chairman Penny, you, you've um you know, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to ask, could you tell us who spoke? during the march?
2: Well, we had um, we were honored to have President Columbayi, and I hope people have just seen the incredible Facebook Live they just did. Um, if not, check out her page, it was amazing. Um, and um, she was, as always, just off the charts, an amazing communicator and, and um, presenter and leader. And then also to Charo Masumba, the economic development director of the Black Power Blueprint. And um, we had a member of the Green Party, Angelica here locally, because reparations is on their their platform. And she spoke about that. And um, we had a member of a vegan animal rights group. I think it's called Project Animal Freedom, Kyle. Luzinski. He was really powerful. He talked about how he had been a Bernie Sanders supporter, but he had to reject that because Bernie Sanders refused to support reparations to African people. And, it, you know, he just gave a great presentation. And then we had a woman from Muslims for um, for Saint Greater St. Louis, and she was powerful as well. So we had an outstanding program. It, it was really really
1: electrifying the It sounds like it was dynamic and electrifying. It's really encouraging to hear all those different voices, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the diverse voices come, coming forward for uh, reparations. Well, we, we really appreciate you sharing with us w- what happened with the March for Reparations in St. Louis, Chairwoman Penny Hess. Um, and I, if you could just comment uh, briefly, you, you've commented before on uh, the increasing lack of, of confidence Uh, people have in in the U.S. government during this virus. I I just want to know if you thought that's playing a role in how many white people we are seeing coming forward responding to the demand for reparations.
2: Well, I, I think I do. Of course, I think it is playing a role because, you know, African people are murdered by the police every single day. But I think that also that the fierce response from the African working class community that we saw not only in, in Minneapolis but in Louisville, you know, just all over the country. And that, um, that that was that was fierce. I mean they burned down police stations and they occupied, you know, all kinds of things. And it was it was really it just and, and then the whole colonial question was just ripped wide open, not only here inside the US but around the world. And even here in like we went by a pedestal, you know, where there had been the Columbus statue that was just taken down, you know, a month or so ago because of this. So it was a great victory here because of that. Um, But you know, but just this whole question of colonialism, and that it's really come out even in the New York Times and Washington Post about how um, this is much deeper than just the question of racism. And of course, again, that's also, it's been the African People's Socialist Party that's made the word colonialism, the understanding of the colonial domination of African people in this country and indigenous people as um, you know, the, the real conditions that people face, not the white people's ideas. And But I, I think, yeah, the whole system is in a crisis. We have the elections and this horrible choice between horrible Trump and horrible Biden. And, you know, as two fronts of the white ruling class. And um, I think that white people are looking for a future and looking for answers. And that has been really, really tremendous in, in just, you know, dealing with them, with other white people and, and the stand that people want to come out and be counted on the side of solidarity with African people.
1: It's, it's the winning side of history. I can't see why yeah. you wouldn't want to be on this side. Thank you thank you so much uh, for, for that, uh, Chairwoman Penny Hess, and, and for your incredible leadership around solidarity and, and reparations to African people. We, we want to turn now uh, to Claudette Yavram and Mads Ambrose of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. Um, Claudette Yavram is of the Uhuru Solidarity, you're the lead uh, coordinator of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement in uh, San Diego, California. And Mads Ambrose is the West Coast uh, Regional Coordinator of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and Chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement in Portland, Oregon. So Uhuru and welcome Claudette and Mads. It's so great to have you on.
2: Uhuru. Great to see you both. Great work. You both are amazing. Uhuru.
1: Really, r- really, it is. Uhuru. Uhuru it's,
3: it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: It's an honor to have both of you on. This is an amazing achievement. Could, um, p- perhaps we could start with Claudette and, and, then, and then move to, to, to Mads. Could, could you tell us a bit about the March for Reparations in, in your city there in, in San Diego, California, Claudette Yavram?
3: Uh Yes, thank you, Jamie, and I would love to. Um, Thank you. I want to, first of all, appreciate my leadership, Uh, Chairman Omali Uhuru, Thank you. Uh, Chair Jesse, thank you. Penny, thank you. Um, Jamie, thank you for hosting this. Um, In in San Diego on Saturday, um, there was some so-called opposition that didn't show up. Essentially, um, right when we got there in the morning, the city had blocked off the main waterfront park with a fence um, that like all the protests basically are at if they're not at Bubble Park and pretty much did it overnight because it was a demonstration and you know but with no signs or anything just a bathroom for themselves you know not for the public it was a, the middle of a public park and so we just moved over to the side where it gave us more visibility um, there was kids playing the tourists the bougie down there in San Diego you know the boats and the fancy restaurants um <laughs> Um, and we had, uh, we had amazing, um, amazing support from the African community here in Petum. Um Union del Barrio was here, United, and um, we had about, I would say, 60 to 70 white people. Um, and then other colonized uh, identifying um, that marched with us down the street to Bank of America. We stopped there. Um, and we proclaimed, you know, the political chants that were so great to have and to make sure everyone knew in San Diego, especially the heart of the protesters that have been here since the George Floyd uprisings, because from there, it kind of really spreads. Um, so they take it home and take it to their groups. And then we stopped at the so-called Hall of Justice. We had some bicycle cops just kind of like all behind us real close, uh, not in riot gear, um, but we definitely uh, spoke directly to them as well. Um, and when we walked back, we held ground um, on the corner of the park uh, in the middle of the street um, by the Harbor and we, with the police there. And it was amazing because, you know, we, we were, you know, in their face essentially and it was peaceful though. They, we got, to hear our, they got to hear Black Power Matters um, and uh, no one got hurt. Mm-hmm.
1: Uhuru. Uhuru. Thank so you so much. Uhuru. Awesome. This is
2: powerful. Really. You held the ground. That,
1: that sounds like quite a march, comrade. Uh, I, I, I want to turn now to, to you, Mads Ambrose. Uh, court, uh, you're the um, uh, lead representative, the regional representative of the West Coast for Uhuru Solidarity Movement and uh, Chair of Uhuru Solidarity Movement Portland. How did the march for reparations go in Portland, Oregon, Mads Ambrose?
4: Ooh, thanks for having me on. Salute to my leadership, the chairman, Penny, Jesse, uh, the party. And yeah, I the the march was so successful and it was really inspiring because we didn't experience any, you know, lash backlash at all. You know, sometimes when we're out in the community. Um, we experienced a little bit of that. And that day was just hours and hours of unity. You know, we had, um, we started um, our march near Emanuel Hospital, uh, which was actually built at the expense of the black community in the 50s, in the 60s, possibly. And, um, And so that was very significant. You know, we were on this, you know, we gathered at this like plot of land that is just empty that Emmanuel Hospital bulldozed, you know, the, you know, African families homes, just to have a plot. And as soon as we started setting up, you know, the state came and asked us what we were doing. And um, we actually got unity from the security people that, you know, we said, we're out here, you know, marching for reparations. And they said, well, great, you know, as long as it's peaceful. And, um, and we had about uh, 35 people marching with us and we marched through you know this neighborhood that is now you know just you there's not very many you know African people in Portland at all because of the genocidal gentrification that has happened for for a long long time in Portland and and um so it was significant that we were marching through you know we like Claudette was saying um like you're marching by people who are enjoying their life at the expense of the African community, you know, waiting for brunch and eating outdoors on this, you know, really tourist neighborhood area, the Mississippi Street area. Um, And I have to say a lot of people um, were staring at us and were silent. We did have a lot of people also, you know, we had some positive honking and some fist raise and a few people joining in. But I think, you know, in silence doesn't always mean, you know, disunity. I think people were just not Mm -hmm. expecting to hear Black Power Matters reparations now, you know, during their brunch, you know, (laughs) on Saturday morning. Um, But it was just really incredible to to have this group of people being in unity holding signs that say black community control the police black power matters make wall street pay reparations um just going through this neighborhood and then we ended um in peninsula park and we had about 15 more people join us there um some of them had just seen what was happening and joined us and um some people planned to meet us there and we were just in the middle of this park and it really just like reverberating you know we were continuing to chant and the way this park is you know, architecturally built. It was just like this whole neighborhood that used to be in the hands of the African community um, and now is, is, you know, overwhelmingly white. It was just, you know, reparations now, reparations to African people now. And that was just uh, incredible. And we had an amazing program with speakers and culture and community announcements and other people from the community who came to, you know, endorse the march and yeah we we raised over 1500 dollars of reparations that day which was incredible and got new members of usm and um you know it was just such an honor to be under the leadership of the party where the party just provides all of these ways and tools to to make the revolution happen and i think everybody that day really felt like you know this was part of the strategy to to really not just march and not just say you know about talk about reparations but it was a part of the process to return you know the resources and the land back to uh, the black community back to indigenous people so it was a huge victory Uhuru.
1: Yeah. sounds Bro. like a huge victory wow um, Claudette, if, if if you could could comment on what the demands were in San Diego um, of associated with the March for Reparations, and or what, what kind of emphasis uh, did did the March have um, that, that relates to the conditions on the ground there in San Diego?
3: Uhuru, I appreciate that question, Jamie. Thank you so much. Um, so the demands we had were. Uh, of course, for the white community to pay reparations, and we made it clear that it's more than monetary, capitalistic reparations. It's a solidarity stance. It's a revolutionary stance of solidarity, um, politically and and monetarily. Um, so it, it it means more than just you know just handing over money. It just it means uniting with the party and organizing and following African leadership. And um, we made that very clear. And uh, our other demands were for um, to free Denzel. He has 19 trumped up felonies for being a peaceful protester, um, that we have to get those charges dropped. Um, and we're going, the De- Denzel Defense Committee is going to be going hard. Um, because we're gonna make an example of the state. So in, in addition to that being political, so essentially when we say that, we know that that means African and indigenous people from you know, this, the, the genocidal camps that they call prison over here in the United States. Um, so, And also um, the impact it made essentially, I believe, is that I really do think there were huge reverberations of this um not just in the march in the educating uh the people politically in the chance about you know this is colonialism this isn't racism um this is big we have to organize that the political education that our speakers brought we had the honor of having Jane balamamba phillips of speaking and she just laid it all on the ground just made it clear um engaged the crowd and it was just amazing when she was done, you know, people were like, it's done? Like, and she went way over time. We just forgot about the clock, you know, that's not what it's about. Um, and we had the honor of having um, Dr. Matsumella Odom mm-hmm. explaining the basics of, you know, just for, how's a white people gonna understand, like the Bank of America we stopped at, it's just just a bloody horror and is not okay. Um, and we had the honor of Unión del Barrio, uh, just their, their presence uh, s- showing how African internationalism isn't just about reparations to African people. It's about the working class uniting and uniting the entire globe um, and, and standing up to, to colonial violence. And for people to see that, you know, another group uh, who isn't African fully unite and the speech from uh, Benjamin Prado from Union de Barrio was so powerful. Everyone was just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and then we also had, yes, of course, Denzel, John, um, just made it clear that it's not OK what's going on. And that um, it was just amazing. And we're so glad this happened. Uhuru, thank you so much. Uhuru.
1: Thank you, Claudette, and a big salute to all the forces out there in San Diego, including Union del Barrio and Benjamin Prado, Um, just a fantastic comrade, love to have him back on the show. Thank you. And we only have a couple minutes left, but Mads Ambrose of Uhura Solidarity Movement in Portland, in the brief time we have left in this segment, could you talk to us about the local demands of the March for Reparations, uh, Portland, the emphasis of the march, and, and any speakers that you want to mention?
4: Yeah, our demands included keeping the feds out of Portland, uh, solidarity with black community control of police, and that Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, and the city of Portland owes reparations to the families of Kwanis Hayes, Kendra James and all Africans that were murdered by the state. And, yeah, I think that the like Claudette was saying the program really reverberated the fact that we have to go beyond protest and beyond marching and be under the leadership of uh, the African People's Socialist Party, the African Revolution, if we want to see the end of this violence. And absolutely that we it's not about racism. It's not about undoing the ideas in their head. It's not about coming to peace with with the black community through feelings and th- good thoughts, it's about action and material solidarity and recruitment and uh, you know joining in some way. And then uh, so Beck Marie Raw was our keynote speaker, the chair of the L.A. AFPS, APSP unit, who was just a perfect example, perfect embodiment of who the party is, um, what the party stands for, and we also had. Um, um, Day, who is a new member of Impedum in Portland, who runs um, Ethical Living Collective and promotes Black businesses and really put in the line about Buy Black Power, and uh, as well as um, even uh, a community member who does uh, BLM Art Therapy came in and just talked about what they were doing and kind of, oh, and we had an amazing culture performer from Jolly Rapper who just really uh, put that energy back into our program after a long time of speaking and things like that so it was incredibly dynamic and incredibly winning uhuru
1: wow thank you so much mads ambrose of uh you know regional coordinator, a regional representative of the Uhura Solidarity Movement West Coast and chair of USM in Portland. And thank you so much Claudette Yavrom of uh, coordinator of Uhura Solidarity Movement, San Diego, California. You're listening to Reparations in Action on Black Power 96.3 WBPU LP, St. Petersburg, Florida. We'll be right back after this musical
5: break. Very great.
2: great. Thank you both, that was amazing
1: so glad we did this. Yeah. fabulous.
2: Powerful.
1: Uhuru, Uhuru, you're back on Reparations in Action, and we now continue our discussion with Uhuru Solidarity Movement comrades who carried out the March for Reparations to African people that happened in six cities across North America this past October 17th, this past Saturday. And we now are joined by Hallie Murray and Len Demmer of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. Hallie is the Uhuru Solidarity Movement Regional Coordinator for the Northern Region, and Len Demmer is the leader of Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or Philly. Comrades, can you uh, start off, let's uh, let's start with Hallie Murray. Uhuru, Hallie.
6: Uhuru, Jamie, and everyone, Jesse, Chairman, Penny, Len, all our listeners out there. Yeah, I'm like, still recovering and processing from just how incredible of a weekend this was. I drove down from Boston to be there. And it was just, I mean, where to begin? It was such a regional event. We had, you know, our supporters and members from New York city come out from Boston. People like drove in their, you know, sleeper car and just um, people from Washington, DC, Pittsburgh, you know, it was really a North regional event, which I think, you know, was really special for this, region and then the whole building process was you know members from around the region participating in different ways so I really salute our whole committee just like kicking butt like doing whatever it takes to just get the message out there um and it was you know it was so significant I've been to Philly a bunch of times but I've never been to like the tourist part with like you know because Philadelphia is so significant it's where it was the first capital of this United Snakes of America before it was moved to Washington, D.C. So our the actual beginning point of our march was at Liberty at the Liberty Bell. Um, And, you know, the site where the first White House was where, you know, George Washington um, owns nine enslaved African people. And, you know, across the street was Independence Hall, this building where the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were signed into office. So it's super touristy, tons of people there. And just, you know, we, we had stops along the way. It was, it was like a, an information tour, an anti-colonial walking tour and a protest and a march and a rally and a market. So it was, it was many things. And just, you know, we really started off the march explaining why we started there at that point, because, um, you know, just the myth that this country was built on justice for all. And, you know, the constitution is just the best, it just defends america you know it defends white americans but it does it was written that we pointed out very clearly it was written and signed by white men who owned enslaved african people they were slave owners who wrote those documents that you know under that whole square we were on where you know it was a burial site for enslaved african people and just so the whole point of the march was just busting through that and just you know putting the giving white people an opportunity to reject that whole like white nationalist myth and just really agree that reparations are owed to African people. So we had, um, you know, we had people showed up and as soon as we sh- they showed up, we, you know, our comrades, Annie and Mara greeted them, gave them a flyer. We got, I tried to know as many people's names as I could and just, you know, welcome them versus other marches where it's like super anonymous. You have no idea who it is. So it was very, you know, warm environment. We asked people to hold up posters and banners they're like, yeah, of course, you know, heck yeah. One person had like a baby stroller. She's like, I can't carry one, but I can try. And she like propped it up on the baby carriage. So it was just, you know, really, um, it was wholesome, but also powerful. Just, you know, our stops along the way. And, you know, Len, who's our local organizer there, um, just really, you know, really appreciate you, Len, for all the work you did on the ground, building it. And it was also great that Len and I were, we shared um, speaking along the tour. So we kind of had two programs. You know, we had all of our um, stops along the tour, and then the rally was like a whole separate thing. Because when we got to the Uhuru Furniture and Collectible Store on 832 North Broad Street in Philly, that's one of the, um, the long standing institutions of the Uhuru movement for African liberation. It's a a used furniture store, but it's also just a beacon of hope in the black community. you know it's owned and controlled by the African people's Socialist Party so they had a whole African outdoor marketplace um we had cultural performers um it was just it was really powerful. a lot of people came out and were just chanting like whenever were white people chanting that Philadelphia government owes reparations that the u s government is built on genocide like Never in the history of the world has that happened. And it's because of our leadership, Chairman Omalia Shetela, founder of the African People's Socialist Party, who's put this call on the solidarity movement to go after the money sector, go after Wall Street, put the reparations demand out there in a humongous way. And, you know, he was calling on us to lead these marches around the country. So it was really historic, very exciting to be part of that march in Philadelphia.
1: Uh-huh. Uhuru, thank you, Hallie Murray, and big salute to the work that that you've done and are doing. I want to also bring on comrade Len Demmer, uh, leader chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement in Philly. Uhuru, Len, can you tell us uh, your thoughts on the March for Reparations in Philadelphia?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, Uhuru, thank you so much for for having us on today. Um, Yeah, the march was... It was really successful. I feel like there have there has really never ever been anything uh, like this in Philly before. Um, And I just felt it was so significant because, you know, the party has such a long deep history um, with the city. So I feel like the march was really just a way to kind of bring forth all of that information that people I feel like don't even know exists. So I feel like that was just really an important part of the march. Outstanding. Uh, yeah.
1: Big, big uh, salute to you, com- Comrade Lynn. R- really appreciate and, and admire your, your work as, as, an, as an organizer, a, a leader, a, a writer. I, I wanted to put the, the, the question to, to both you and Hallie, who, whoever wants to take it, uh, they take it first. What, what the local demands were associated with the March for Reparations in Philadelphia?
0: Yeah. Um, so our local demands. Uh, We're definitely, definitely dynamic for sure. Um, Well, we have like a big uh, issue right now with like uh, a lot of like homelessness. There were some encampments that have been existing uh, in the city and everybody has been doing a lot of work to try to get housing for those people. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of gentrification. So we definitely covered all of that. Um, So it was, you know, providing adequate housing for uh, folks that are homeless in the city who are residents um, Temple, Penn, and Drexel University owning, uh, owing reparations because of all of the gentrification. Um, you know, th- the prices of places are going up and African families that have been there for years and years can no longer afford their housing and then the- their housing gets taken away and then, you know, Penn University will buy up the land and um, you know, put student housing there that nobody can afford except for you know, these people that are able to go to Penn. Um, So that was a big one. Um, Another one was uh, reparations to move, um, which is uh, the organization that was bombed by the city in 1985, um, right in West Philly, like near where I'm living right now. Um, And a lot of people didn't really know that that happened. uh, So that was definitely a really important thing that we put out there. Um, So yeah, the city owes reparations for that. Uh, we also uh, talked about the immediate release of Mumia Abu Jamal, uh, who was uh, shot by an officer. Who then the officer was killed, and Mumia was framed for his murder and is still incarcerated to this day. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just you know another African person that is is stuck in the colonial prison system, um, and is and the city is getting away with it. So that was another one. Um, and then our last one was the uh, to demand the city and the war against African, Mexican, Puerto Rican and other colonized people um, in the city. Um, there's just so much mass incarceration and police murder um, and just how violent poverty is and um, the hostile colonial schools, which, you know the school systems have been closing anyway because of the buildings that are so unsafe and toxic with asbestos and uh toxic mold and you know most of those schools are in these colonized communities um so that's something that we demanded as well um yeah so that was pretty much it just yeah demanding just more for the colonized people that mostly make up the majority of the city um i think majority of philly is is african and puerto rican um and those are like the communities that are suffering the most so those are really out, uh, incisive sharp political demands
1: and I, I love how each of these demands are uh, reveal the conditions that the African community and, and oppressed people face um, could could you tell us uh, Len um, or Hallie uh, did you have a march that ended in a, in a rally um, like some of the other cities and if so were there speakers and who spoke
6: yeah we did it was really powerful to be marching up north broad street um our last stop you know or just to say on the program of the march we you know we stopped in front of one of the schools there and len read this really powerful statement on just like you know we and people like sat down and took a break and we just said like this we're sitting in front of one of our demands that you know this the city owes reparations for the closing of you know that these schools are um filled with asbestos kids are just filled with asthma you know the majority of er cases is kids with asthma because of that so i learned a ton just myself and even i was organizing it so i can't imagine just the impact it had on this the mass community so yes we did end with a rally um it was on the side it was like on the whole like an l sidewalk of the ahuru furniture store um and even though there was some like construction and traffic going on we we made it work you know we had all these African vendors were lined up um, around the edge of the of the store and the store was open. So they were just, you know, shelves were flying off the shelves of the furniture store and there was food, there was um, musical performances. And yeah, our main speaker. So our main speaker from the African People's Socialist Party was President Yashideh Orenmila. She is chair of the, she's president of the African National Women's Organization which deals with the particular oppression Of African women within this colonial system, Um, and she was also tabling with the institution that Anwo, the African National Women's Organization, um, oh, you know, has created called Decolonize. Really incredible um, skincare products, just like makes your skin feel awesome. And she had a table there, so it was, you know, the party talking about um, political and economic power in the hands of African people. So. it was just great to you know hear her speech and then see the products right there that are building for that economic self-determination. We also had Pam Africa speak. Wow, you know, really salute to Pam Africa. She has, she's the main reason why Mumia Abu-Jamal is still alive and has not been executed on death row because he was, you know, lined up to be executed for, you know, being framed to, um, to you know, having framed to when the cops say that he shot this cop, but he didn't. And I, I learned so much on the tour. Like I, I was, <laughs> you know, I'm just floored of the history of Philadelphia. Like, my God, we were just, we stood, I stood at, we stood at the stop where he was shot. And, you know, there's no like major plaque that says that, but there's all these, you know, the streets are blocked off. Um, people are like cafes. It's like a lot of white, just people like out and about, and we just, stu- we just swarmed the scene, like stood up and just like said the history of what this, like, Hey, everyone, did you know, this is what happened here. And it's not over. That was 39 years ago. He's still in prison. Um, and, uh, you know, so Pam Africa, she wasn't at the March, but she spoke at the rally at the end. And she is the chair of an organization called Concerned Friends and Family for Mumia Abu Jamal. Um, And there's many other, you know, there's a lot of organizations um, around, you know, supporting MOVE, supporting like Free Mumia now, but she is like the head of it, of all of them. And my God, she is fierce. Uh, It was just, she was just like, we want reparations for this, for that. You know, she just listed all these things and, you know, it was just really powerful uh, to hear her speak. I was also a speaker. I was one of, you know, the main presenters on the March as well as at the rally, just, you know, I'd already talked a lot on the whole March, but the, you know, statement from, cause I'm a member of the African people's solidarity committee. And if, you know, I really encourage all our, you know, members of USM and just other white folks out there to step up and join APSC because it's, it's really the place to be, you know, so I gave a, um, a statement of solidarity from the solidarity committee on how, we're not just marching, we're we're raising reparations. And actually right before I was gonna speak, I got the message um, you know, that we had uh, met our we met our goal, you know, this whole national campaign to raise twenty thousand dollars for the black car blueprint, that was like front and center of everything we were doing. Um, so you know, announcing that too. And we had, you know, we had some endorsers speak as well. We had over twenty-five like nationally people. Uh, organizations endorsed us but in particular we had girls rock philly um you know was there gave a performance um the u.s uh the black caucus of the u.s green party was united states green party was there um was there too and karen smith a local uh philadelphia musician and drummer um tina mozoon i think that's is that how you say your name yeah. Modine, who sang some really beautiful songs, you know, um, Bob Marley songs that she was singing and just very mobilizing in the crowd. So um, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it,
1: it sounds like it, Holly. Thank you so much. That's just really inspiring, such deep history there in Philadelphia. And I, I just have to give a salute to Pam Africa. I, I remember hearing her early on in my experience in this movement at a, a, a rally at MacDill Air Force Base. And uh, it it really expanded my consciousness to see the the unity um, that the friends and family of Mumia Abu-Jamal had with the African People's Socialist Party. So thank you. And if, if you, Halle Murray and Lynn Demer could stay on with us, I'd like, to, I have a couple other questions I'd like to ask you, but I have another guest here. He's a guest today. He's our illustrious engineer, who also happens to be chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, Jesse Neville, also oh. happens to be the coordinator nationally. You coordinated this uh, Six City March, um, if, I, if I have that correct. So if, if you could tell us a bit, uh, Jesse, um, what, what went into uh, organizing the March for Reparations to African people?
5: Uhuru, Uhuru, can you hear me? Yes, yes, Jesse, we can hear you. Okay, Uhuru, Uhuru, Jamie, thank you so much. And I just wanna salute all of the amazing comrades who have been on here today, uh, talking about the Marches for Reparations to African people. Um, and I also want to salute Chairwoman Penny Hess for being here and for leading the African People's Solidarity Committee. And of course, join saluting our leadership, Chairman Omalia Shatella and Deputy Chair Zaneya Shatella, and the African People's Socialist Party and their brilliant strategy of unleashing white people, of organizing white people, and then unleashing us back into our own white communities to organize other white people to support reparations, to fight for reparations to African people uh, the, this, this has been a, a protracted struggle. Uh, we recently celebrated the 44th anniversary of the African People's Solidarity Committee uh, with um, a, an amazing event with Chairwoman Penny Hess and the chairman, Amalia Shatella a couple of weeks ago. So it was in that context of, you know, this long March for Reparations, as we call it, that the party and APSC began in 1976, that we held the March for Reparations during this time, a very critical time in history, when this whole system is falling apart, it's being torn apart by the resistance of African people. And um, as you, as uh, Chairwoman Penny mentioned earlier, uh, many, many white people are looking for a way to take a stand, to get involved, and to be you know, on the right side of history. And this is the way. So I really appreciate all the reports and um, just wanted to mention a little bit about St. Petersburg, if that's all right, uh, because yeah, our comrade Ali Aiello She's not able to be on this program today, but she's the local uh, leader of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement as well as our membership chair. Um, and she led the, the campaign to build US, to build the March for Reparations here in St. Petersburg. And that one was, like all the other ones, it was phenomenal. It was very, very powerful. Uh, it marched from City Hall, which itself has a special historic significance because that's the City Hall where Chairman Amalia Shatella went in and heroically tore down the disgusting white nationalist mural that used to hang there in 1966, I believe. And it's still blank to this day. So we gathered at City Hall uh, and we, we marched down Central Avenue. Um, and it was interesting because it was similar to Portland and other places where we had, you know, brunch goers and just white people going about their daily lives. And then all of a sudden the reparations march comes passing through. And uh, for the most part, People were cheering. People were applauding. People were, uh, you know, putting their fists up and really appreciated seeing this stand being taken and that they were being invited to also take this stand. So, um, so it was it was great. And, and Chairman Omali Shatella, we had the honor of having the chairman speak at our rally, and that was amazing. As well as uh, Director Akile. E uh, of the African People's Socialist Party um, National Central Committee who leads up agitation and propaganda and is also a very popular uh, force here in St. Pete and many other places for having run for office um, twice in 2017 and 2019 on a reparations platform. Uh, So she spoke, uh, Director Akile spoke, as well as um, others from the Indigenous uh, community as well as the Green Party of Florida who came out to endorse the March for Reparations and um, made the statement that throughout the history of the indigenous struggle in, in Florida in particular, and in general, but specifically in Florida, uh, that the organization, the movement, which has always been there every step of the way to stand in solidarity and unite with the indigenous struggle has been the African People's Socialist Party, the Uhuru movement, and Chairman O'Malley should tell us specifically. So it was, it was very powerful. And uh, again, I just want to salute um, Ali and all of the local comrades that made it happen here in uh, in St. Petersburg. And I also just wanted to mention that the fundly.com slash March dash four dash reparations pledge drive that we did is ongoing. Uh, We want to keep it going until the end of the month, keep raising resources, keep the March for reparations going for the next few weeks um, as we close out this month and and raise these reparations and turnover because the March for reparations, as was mentioned by Hallie, and others, it wasn't just a protest. It was an actual reparations campaign and it was a tremendous success. So I just salute um, the party, Chairman Amalia Shatella, and and of course, um, just the the, tr- the tradition that has been set for what white people can do and what the stance can look like by the African People's Solidarity Committee and Chairwoman Penny Hess in particular.
1: Uhuru. Uhuru, Jesse Neville, thank you so much for that. and I. I just I don't think you mentioned I, I you you spoke as well as uh, national chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement here in St Petersburg at the march for reparations I salute you for that I also want to join you in saluting comrade Ali Aiello and her her leadership of the march here in St Petersburg and also director Akile Anayi and of course Chairman Omalia Shetela of the African People's Socialist Party, who we had the honor of speaking here in St. Petersburg. I want to move now. Uh, we only have a couple of moments left, but Len Demmer in Philadelphia. Could, you know, as, as Comrade Jesse mentioned, this wasn't just a march. It was also uh, you know, a reparations strategy through fundraising and pledge drives. And you have had some success, as I understand. Um, with your your fundraiser and pledge drive and uh raising resources around the march for reparations could you tell us about that
0: yeah of course um yeah i mean i really just reached out to every contact um i used social media um my own contacts in my phone um i mean i think a lot of it helps because i've been living in the city for 12 years um and i so i've been working here for 12 years i've been volunteering here for 12 years so I have met a lot of people over the years um, that have similar interests, you know, because I volunteered with them or worked with them. Um, so, you know, just, I wrote a, I pre-wrote a message and I just kind of individually tailored it to each person. Um, I just had to really commit to the time. I had to just like sit down and be like, I'm doing this for like the next hour. Um, and even people that I haven't spoken to in years, you know, childhood friends, Um, but I made sure to like, say that, like, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I thought that this is something that you might appreciate. Um, So, and then, you know, I was really just met with positive feedback and, and material solidarity. Um, Yeah. So that's, I think that's just how it was successful. I just took the time and just, just did it.
1: (laughs) I I just think it's incredible. I I, really ingenious that, that you, uh, you know, contacted your, your friends that you haven't spoken to in a long time. And, and it just, it, I think it's brilliant that you acknowledge that, but still the, just that little added touch of, I think this is something you you would really support. Um, really salute you, Comrade Len Demmer.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank, Thank you. I just wanted to join in, in saluting Len. What a great job and how powerful the stand you took and Comrade Hallie. Oh, it was just, very exciting I wish I'd been there we had a great one too but just that way that you know I've been in Philadelphia many times and I would like to tell you all the history of it one of these days because the African People's Socialist Party is in Philadelphia because of the bombing of MOVE in 1985 and went in there with the slogan reinforcements are on the way so you know, it's been a powerful, powerful history and you are part of it. And it's really, really um, exciting. Also, I just really wanna also salute Comrade Leah in Minneapolis and uh, Lisa, just to say that they had, they had a really important and great rally there as well. So this has been a powerful weekend and it's really, I just salute you and, and Chair Jesse and wow. Great work, Uhuru.
1: Uhuru. Thank you, Chairwoman Penny. Huru, yeah, I really uh, want to join you in, in, in saluting also, uh, comrades Leah and Lisa out in uh, in uh, Minnesota, and we look forward to having them on the sh- on another episode of Reparations in Action uh, relatively soon. So we're, we're gonna, unless anyone else has any any pressing comments to make. This has been an outstanding episode of Reparations in Action here on Black Power ninety six point three WBPULP St Petersburg, and uh, really salute, Mads. Ambrose, uh, Claudette Yavrom, um, we, we, we salute you, Hallie Murray, um, the, and you, Len Demmer. Uh, Hallie being the Northern Regional Representative of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, and Len, the, you're the leader of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement in Philadelphia. Thank you so much for joining us on Reparations in Action. And uh, if, if anyone would like to experience it, don't miss O'Malley taught me on Sundays at 8 a.m. on Chairman O'Malley Eshitella's Facebook page and YouTube.com/slash the burning spear. Again, that's O'Malley taught me on Sundays, 8 a.m. Eastern time, on Chairman O'Malley Eshitella's Facebook page and YouTube.com/slash the burning spear. And um, you can also listen to this in action on podcast and fm radio show broadcast live every tuesday at 12 p.m on black power 96.3 wbpulp st petersburg florida and now available as a podcast as well you can follow us on uhuru solidarity.podbean.com and don't forget if you'd like register for the march on the white house sponsored by the black is back coalition and the conference that will follow it on november 6th through the 8th you can go to Black Is Back blackisbackcoalition.org for more information again that's blackisbackcoalition.org for information on the March on the White House happening November 6th through 8th. My name is Jamie Simpson. I want to thank and salute you, Jesse Neville, chair of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, and Chairwoman Penny Hess of the African People's Solidarity Committee, my incredible comrades and co-hosts. Uhuru, thank you to everyone who joined us today. Thanks to the African People's Education and Defense Fund and Black Power 96.3 WBPU LP St. Petersburg. We'll talk to you next. Next week, Uhuru.